Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds and or talk about other worlds off the... <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Congratulations on no longer being a liar. I tried. But you guys you guys know the gist. We built worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. Last week, I guess you could call it, we talk, we're going to be talking about the world building in other worlds. This time focusing on sci-fi worlds, unlike last week, which was fantasy. What we realized a little too late was that we could have talked about Avatar The Last Airbender on our fantasy episode. Yeah, and now we can't because it's not sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. So we're stuck not talking about it. We'll come back to that. We can talk about the world building and cartoons and other things. But this time we're talking sci-fi. I'm excited. Okay, so I guess we don't need to do the hello, um, how are you doing because... I just saw you five minutes ago. You did just see me five minutes ago. We are doing these at the same time. We are just releasing them separately. No one will know. Well, except now I told them, so they will know. Oh, who knows? I can cut this. That's true. Why would you ever cut my beautiful words, though? Oh, I cut you all the time. (gasps) Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) World of Sci-Fi. You want to start again, Cody? Um, I mean... (laughs) Okay, I do kind of want to start again because there's 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 a movie that we have not we've never seen eye to eye on and you haven't seen it and you really oh. need to. Oh, you're starting with this one. Oh no. And the Let's reason it, for it is because of something we we kind of touched on at the very end of the ep- uh, the last episode to do with fantasy, which is the notion of show don't tell. And my favorite ah. sci-fi movie that has show instead of tell is the movie Her. Ghost in the Shell, yes. No, like you said, not Ghost, Ghost in the, the Shell. Shell. Ghost in the Shell is stupid. What? I'm kidding. Ghost in the Shell. I like Ghost okay. in the Shell. I haven't seen... I started the movie. I didn't finish it, but I started Because it. it's boring as crap. Well... <laughs> it was um, awful. We could talk about the show and tell thing later, because I got a lot of words from that awful movie. Yeah. But anyways, so Her, the movie... You know what? Same person starred in it, though. Oh, Both those it were is the Johansson. same person, yeah. but she had a significantly better performance than hers, what I've heard. Her, she was great, and she also, like, I guess physically was not in the movie, she was a cell phone. But here's the So cool- what is Her about, just so everybody knows? So Ugh. Her is a movie where, um, it's kind of a near-future movie, so, like, the world doesn't look a lot different, but it looks a little bit different. Basically, instead of everyone having, like, a bunch of different computers, at some point, everyone just has their cell phone. And that is the computer that they do everything with, right? So when you go to work, you just dock your cell phone and you can do your work, right? It's like Android or iPhone where it has rolling updates. You know, you get new operating systems pushed to your phone. So a new operating system comes out that's like supposed to be super smart and learn from you and um, is supposed to like feel like having a personal assistant or something. You know, like what everyone says when they're like, say, okay, Google, and then your phone will be your best friend, right? Um, But these operating systems end up becoming sentient. So, like, they do a good enough job on making this operating system that can learn from you that it actually does. It actually does, like, eventually learn from you. And so what ends up happening is people, like, develop friendships with their operating systems, which leads into them developing romantic relationships with their cell phones. And that is the exact part that turned me off in the movie. Continue. And I'll tell you why. From a world-building standpoint, they do a great job of it. But And eventually it leads... Do you care about spoilers? No. Eventually it leads to their cell phones getting so smart that they ascend to a new plane of existence. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's freaking awesome. It's really cool, actually. So here's what the movie did that, that was so That actually happens in Ghost in the Shell, but continue again. So everything, like all of the future technology that they have, they don't need to explain because it becomes apparent from what the characters are doing. So the main character, his job is to write letters for other people. So like, and they never like explain. They're never like, in the future, people have become too emotionally detached to even know how to write romantic letters to their wives. So they have to outsource it. They never say that. He just says, oh, my job is I write I write personal letters for people. So he has a list of clients and they're like, hey, write a love letter to my wife. And he like writes this beautiful love letter. And then he just through talking like pretty font shows up. So obviously they have really good text to speech, but they never like mention text to speech. He just uses it and you see it. And then at the end of the day, he has all of these like printed out letters. And when he sends them, you see him just like walking over to this device and just like touching them all to this device. And then he leaves. And it's like, oh, he's sending those. All of that's done really subtly. Like they don't draw attention to it. It just happens throughout the course of the movie. And then too, with the way people interact with their devices, they never have these big things where people are like, you shouldn't be on your cell phone so much. But when you look around the world, you just see everyone always being on their phone, right? So everyone gets their phone. Oh, sorry. One other thing that was kind of neat. He plays a video game where he's like going on this little adventure with this foul mouthed little cartoon character that yells at him. And he doesn't have a controller, but to make him walk, he just does this with his hands. And he, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, this is a podcast and I'm talking to my Remember when we talked chat. about this not being a visual experience? <laughs> sorry. So you see him just like making little running motions with his fingers to play the video game and they never explain that that's a controller he just is in the future where to play a video game you don't have to have a clunky controller you just do this little run motion and give like voice commands to your avatar and it was really cool it's just like super subtle the way that they did that um okay but anyways honestly for my part because my argument was always that it's really creepy a dude falling in love with his cell phone and so that was always my argument but honestly as you lay this out on a world building standpoint it sounds fine. I'm fine with it. Just phone romance is just what kind of threw me away from this whole subject but in the first place. The world phone-mance. takes it seriously. And that's what's so cool about it is cool. he gets this cell phone, right? And he starts talking to it. And I think you, the viewer, kind of fall in love with his cell phone before he does. Because it's Scarlett Johansson. Well, yeah, but not like physically. It's not Scarlett Johansson. She has a nice, soothing voice. Yeah, so does, like, everybody. A lot of people have soothing voices. Not I, said the Jordan. (laughs) My point is that there's, like, a lot of people that have nice voices, and I'm not saying Scarlett (laughs) Johansson doesn't, but that's not why. The reason you do is because... please comment on how awful my voice is to prove Cody wrong. Ding! It's actually a good romance where this being that is living in his cell phone is a likable character and an interesting character. So the movie that I paired this with that was terrible was The Circle. Because <laughs> when, when I watched her, I was in a long-distance relationship, and I basically spent all of my time telling my cell phone that I loved something. You know what I mean? I, oh, my gosh. Because I never... Oh, right, my like, gosh. My, I'm living that. Right. If you're in a long-distance oh. relationship, oh, my gosh, watch her. It's very relevant. Because when I you think about to, it... because it's going to be my life. 
Yeah, it really is. Because, you know, like you see him like alone doing something, but then he has earbuds in and is talking to someone that he really cares about and that really cares about him. And it doesn't just say that's bad and, oh, this is evil and it's going to be the death of society. You end up kind of liking that and it ends up being beneficial for him. And he makes other friends and has other people and other social connections, but he just like the person that he cares the most about happens to be his operating system of his cell phone. So I guess for me to actually like this, think of it more as a long distance relationship and less of a relationship with the phone. The world presents itself well enough that I never felt grossed out by like, oh, this is like some he the character is not presented as a weirdo that falls in love with his cell phone. Because, for one thing, the cell phone's character is good enough that you end up also kind of liking the cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, it's a character that's likable. Scarlett Johansson's character is a likable character. Um, But also, he's not, like, the only person that this happens to. And so, at the end of the movie, when the cell phones all ascend, basically, it's actually (laughs) really sad. You see distance growing in their relationship because, very quickly, you find out that Scarlett Johansson is much more alive than he is. Oh, huh. That's what's so cool is that his cell phone starts making other friends. His cell phone starts making other connections. His cell phone starts having a broader view of the world than he does. And he gets left behind. And I'm like, this is a fascinating take on the future of technology. What's up, Jordan? Does the cell phone have an affair? You know, (laughs) they talk about that (laughs) at some point, but not exactly. Like, I mean, okay, ignore my question and just like you were ending with, um, like, this is a good representation of technology in the future. It's an interesting take on technology as opposed to the circle where I don't have you've seen the circle, right? Yeah. And like I said, with the circle, Emma Watts's character is the bad guy in that movie. She's what makes everything worse. She's what keeps pushing it to get as bad as it does towards the end. That movie was so bad from a world building standpoint because their world building wasn't again. She pushed that. What? It's world building that already exists, and that's what's so frustrating about it to me. Is like the movie starts and their world building for like, oh, we've invented a new cool technology. Is not we made sentient smartphones. We made good text to speech. It's we made small wireless cameras. I'm like. You know those exist now, right? Like, small wireless cameras exist now. What did you make again? And drones watch your every move. Oh, you mean like now? Their world building was again just, we're not going to have world building because we're too friggin' lazy. And then, Jordan, so much of that movie was terrible. Also, I guess from world building for their standpoint, did you know that if you expose corruption in your company, you then just get the company? Yeah, you get the company and everything's fine. Nothing bad happens with that. But so the world building of the circle was straight up is that basically it's Google gets way too handsy with our lives and kind of like where kind of Google is going now because my phone knows where I am at all times. It's like, hey, you just walked into Kroger's. You want to know some more facts about Kroger's? How about you rate Kroger's? Hey, guess what? You're just walking to your car now. It's like your drive to... Um, home is going to be exactly this much time. It's like, I never told you where I live. How do you know where I live? Because we have um, collected the data. You always go back to this place at this certain time. And you always leave this place at this certain time. So it's basically the circle is just getting 
more and more with that until that this Google type company is just in your lives so much. But here's my question. At any point in the movie, The Circle, did you think maybe The Circle was right? Or could you immediately tell that it was super Satan evil? I could immediately tell that it was super Satan evil, especially when they pick Emma Watson's character to be like, oh, hey, we're going to follow you 24-7. Yeah, exactly. And that is why I hated it so much, because her presented a view of the future that acknowledged that there would be problems, but didn't pretend like there would also be no solutions, and it acknowledged that we're going to have to inevitably handle them. And it wasn't just going to be like, there's corporate corruption and then Emma Watson saves the day and we ignore it from then on. You know what I mean? It was, there are problems, but we have to address them. She just calls them out for being creepy. She doesn't save the day. The problem still exists. It's still overarching. It's still in their life. Like it shows her rowing the boat at the end. She was in a canoe at the end. following her. So nothing changes. She did nothing special in that movie. She She was in a canoe at the end, Jordan. She was in a canoe at the end. Canoe robot saved say, the world. You can't be in a canoe by yourself. Are uh, you sure it wasn't a rowboat? Are you sure no. it wasn't a rowboat? It was. It, it was a kayak, not a canoe. Oh, it was a kayak. It was, wasn't it? Crap. <laughs> it was not a rowboat, and you can also be in a canoe by yourself. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna get. We're not gonna get into this because I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> but just. Honestly, I keep saying that her character was a bad character because, like, she kept, to keep this world from getting to keep showing technology getting worse, they kept using her, and she kept not stopping it in any way, and she kept making it worse. So it starts off with her like, "Oh, hey, we want the cameras to follow you everywhere." So then she like agrees to that. She does that. She knows it's wrong, but she keeps doing it. And then like she gets in a fight with her parents because she has the cameras also following her parents home so she turns on the camera to watch and her parents are having sex and it's just like oh man okay. that's where this could be bad no, but her parents are also an example of super lazy world building which is okay so the movie starts emma watson has this great at-home community you know what i mean like she lives with her parents her yeah. parents go and have barbecues with the neighbors they have this neighbor kid that stops by and helps her dad who's sick and it's like Oh, okay, I get it. This is the ideal community. And look, you don't even need technology for it. You just go and hang out with your neighbors, and then you're a community, right? But then Emma Watson goes off to this compound where all she has is Facebook, and she just Facebooks people all day to get better community scores, but ultimately feels more isolated, right? That's the story. But here's the deal. I grew up in the middle of freaking nowhere, and it does not make strong communities. It makes isolated weirdos. And a good way for those isolated weirdos to talk to other people is with Facebook. Okay, movie, this, like, rural community that you're imagining does not exist. It's just lazy. It's just lazy writing to just be like, oh, look at this beautiful, idyllic idea of community out here. It's not Facebook. Facebook bad. Ugh. Dumb. Dumb movie. Dumb and unsubtle. So they did the whole thing where... They show that this, like, thing in the world can be used to help find missing peoples and also help find criminals. So they start finding criminals, right? So they show that this thing can be good. But then to show that it can be bad, there's like, oh, hey, let's find your friend that doesn't want to be found. And she lets them do it. And that's her being the bad guy. But then, like, they show this huge extreme to make it seem bad. But honestly, having something like 
that to find criminals would actually be pretty awesome. And that's what, to me, they just never give any time of day to, is the notion that the circle might be right. And that's what bothered me about the movie, is to me, for that movie to be effective, you have to start out and be on the side of the circle and think like, oh, they are building a really good community. They are doing great things. People do care about each other. And then you see them take it a step too far. And it's like this tragic turn where um, maybe the friend has not been so explicit that he doesn't like technology and that he wants to talk to her face to face. And maybe she just actually like falls out with him, not because they've had a fight, but because they just have distance grow. Like, here's a really good example of this for our real lives, Jordan, right? What if we hadn't talked to each other in a year and we never had a fight? We just stopped talking yeah. to each other because we live in different places. Our lives get busy. We just yeah, stop talking, right? Distance scares people apart. And then I get hired at this tech job. And they go, oh, hey, um, we found a criminal. Let's find someone that you care about that you haven't been able to connect with lately. And I go, oh, hey, I'd really love to talk to my friend Jordan. And then I find out that you're a person that cares about your privacy after it's too late. After because of a good thing, I have tried to reach out to you, but I've done it in a way that's too invasive. And then that's where the audience gets to have the turn where they realize like, oh, this is almost a horror movie or like a tragedy. But instead, they were just evil from the get go. And I'm like, well, okay, I get it then. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, they were evil from the get-go. They were shown as being evil from the get-go. And the commercials showed as being evil. So, like, nothing about this leading to the movie of this world shows that this is a good idea. It was just dumb from the... It was just immediately like, oh, I get it. They bad. Their bad people are bad. Also, why did her friend go crazy? Did we ever find out why I... her friend went crazy? It's just he wouldn't be left alone, and then suddenly all these people are chasing him, so now he has to try to drive and then ends up driving off a bridge. No, her Scottish friend. The the redhead friend that got her hired. Oh, just because with. she didn't... She, oh, her Scottish friend, who's one of the Doctor Who people. Um, she, yes. because she didn't get sleep, because she was expected to do so much with this company she didn't get sleep so the company was shown as being evil because they don't let their workers sleep and it just kept every turn this world keeps showing this thing that's supposed to be good as being evil and that's like again completely insane for what the company like it it contradicts its own world building then because like the world building for the company is that they're invasive and want you to be healthy they give emma watson like this pill that tracks her every step wouldn't they be able to tell that one of their executive vps was sleeping an hour a night and that was having an adverse effect on her health why then invent the wristband that tracks your heart rate if you can't tell when your employees start to fall apart because you're working them a thousand hours a week yeah yeah and it's it's bad world building it really is yeah bad world building you should really watch her watch 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 her with your girlfriend it'll be it'll be really sad you know what you should really do? Don't watch her with your girlfriend. Like, Skype your girlfriend and watch her at the same time. Oh, God. You, so you want to destroy me is what you're saying. Right? You're, you're going to be like, I want to cry and hug you. And then you're just going to hug your laptop. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, hey, Jordan, what, what, what sci-fi do you want to talk about, man? Um, I mean, I was just going to talk more about Alter Carbon and con- and compare it to Ghost in the Shell, which I think you wanted to do Alter Carbon and Blade Runner. I really want to talk about Altered Carbon, so I want you to go first this time because I feel like I talk too much. Uh, no, you are perfectly fine. Okay, but anyways, so we just finished up talking. Okay, full disclosure, we had a little break. So we just finished talking about her and 
the circle. The circle was the example of awful world building. Her, on the other hand, was good. I need to, like, actually watch it. I have not watched it, and, you know, I'll get to it. It doesn't sound as bad as I originally thought. I saw the commercials and saw this guy falling in love with his cell phone. That's what made me, like, nope, get out, which is also a great movie and amazing world building. We should talk about that one day. Get out is new. We should talk about horror world building because I really loved Get Out. Oh my gosh, horror world building episode would be so good. We need to build horror worlds. Was that written by, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Yeah, right? I couldn't believe that. I was like, dang, he is good. He's a freaking genius. Like, he goes from comedy writing to writing. Like, it still was funny, but it was a good horror movie. Yeah, and I mean, and he writes great comedies. Oh so, my gosh, you know. Key and Peele, that show is so funny. <laughs> it is It is very okay. funny. But, <laughs> but we can get the horror world building later because we are both fans of the macabre. Oh, freak, I forgot you like horror movies. I'm so yeah, excited dude, to do that one I now. love okay. horror movies. Oh, man. Okay, later we can talk about it. What What do you think about The Ring? I love The Ring. I I liked the first one, and then they didn't stop making them. <laughs> and that's what bothers me Well, no, they made the second one, and then they waited like 10 years, and then made the third one, and the third one flopped hard. I haven't seen the third one. I saw the second one, and I was like, this is stupid. They should have just made one and made a good movie and been done with it. So getting back into the topic we actually wanted to talk about was um, the next genre. Well, okay, the next sci-fi media we want to talk about was Altered Carbon. We did we spent a little bit of time about Altered Carbon and plot points and stuff like that. So I guess now we're going to talk a little bit more about the world building. So... Yep. The Alter Carbon world, like we mentioned last time when we talked about this, because it's no longer last week, um, was the human body has pretty much become obsolete, and you can pr- transplant your mind from body to body. So if your body dies, they can take your brain, which is in a stack that's inserted between your spinal cord, they can take your stack, as they call it, and put it into a new body. So technically, you can live forever as long as your stack is not destroyed. So to, um, what is, what did they call it, like, final kill, or what was the thing when you, permanent kill, permanent death? Real death, real, I think. Oh yeah, real death, to real kill and have a real death, your stack, which is in the, like, top vertebrae of your spine, gets destroyed. But as long as that doesn't happen, you can live forever. So there are some people who are totally against this, and they are religious, like, no, the human body is not supposed to be messed with like that. And there are other people who are all for it. The rich people love doing body transfers all the time. If you are killed, like have a wrongful death type thing, the government gives you a new body. So this body doesn't always have to be something like your old body. At the very beginning of the show, they show this by having, I think it was a 12-year-old girl in the body of like a 40-year-old woman. And like her family freaked out and she's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Why is this, like, why am I like this now? But she's 40 years old. And actually, I think the way they presented that was really cool because he's sitting about to get out of the jail and he like offers her cigarettes and she kind of goes like, ew, no, type face towards him. And it's like, what? And then you learn that she's a 12-year-old girl, so of course it makes sense why she freaked out about cigarettes. Right, right. So your main character in Alter Carbon is this guy, I'm guessing his name was Takashi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think of him as Kovacs, but Takashi yeah. Kovacs, or was it just Kovacs? 
Yeah, because because yeah, his sister Kovacs. called him Tak. So Kovacs. it was yeah, Takashi Kovacs. So he was originally his. Oh gosh, I go so far. basically he joins a rebellion group who wants to like get rid of the whole idea that you can keep moving from body to body or whatever like that, and. He dies and is labeled as a criminal, so they stick his body on ice in the like highest security prison. And then later he gets out because another man, a rich billionaire, he wants the guy to solve his murder, which was shown as being a suicide because the guy like shot his own brains out. But we don't know what really happened with that. And so we get this, so we have all this world building with the bodies and the Kovacs character being hundreds of years old by this time but having been former police force well okay so here is the part of the world building that i start to draw issue with which is i think the i think the world building around the stacks and around the kind of sci-fi techie future i think all that's actually pretty good the world building that i don't like is around him as this rebel called an envoy yes um so you mentioned that he was in a rebellion those rebels were called envoys and the reason he gets thought out to solve this crime is that he is a envoy which means he has like special intuition abilities that means he can like solve crimes and do like cool stuff because he's like gone through this really rigorous training and that's kind of like briefly explained at the beginning of the movie. And this is where, okay, here's an example of in the same thing, they had really good and then really bad world building because of showing and telling. Okay. So at the beginning of the show, there's this scene that I loved. And there were two of these. But the first one that I loved was he goes to this hotel and he's just trying to like find like basically he's going to a like a internet brothel yeah. just to go and sleep or whatever. And... He walks in the front door, and right as he's, like, trying to check in, before he actually checks in and signs up to stay there, this guy comes in and is like, you have to come with me, I'm kidnapping you or whatever, and it's like this team of people comes in, and you're like, oh, man, he's an envoy, he's gonna wreck these people, he's gonna go all, like, Master Yoda on them and do kickflips off the wall and cut them all up, right? And that's not... That's what I'm expecting, right? But that's not at all what happens. Instead, he starts like kind of like talking to them about because they're like making fun of him. It's like, oh, you're like this big tough envoy, and we like come in here and kick you in the face, you know? So they just start beating him up, mm-hmm. right? And the whole time, the front desk guy at this weird sex hotel is, I can give you full hotel services if you touch your hand to this pad and sign up to stay here. And so you see, and this is all done like through cinematography and it being shot well. You see him see that hand pad right Mm -hmm. and so then he starts taunting these thugs to like hit him and punch him but every like hit he's getting knocked closer and closer to this touchpad right so not because he's like necessarily a great fighter but because he has like intuition and can oh no understand the flow of a fight and how they're gonna respond he's able to drive the fight to the point where he can touch this pad and then there's machine guns you know, machine and guns everything that pops out of the walls right because it's like the hotel will protect him because he's signed up to stay there i didn't even think um, about and that also, intuition I loved, thing at all that's amazing <laughs> well and he was like monologuing he's like man being an envoy isn't about being a super tough guy it's this intuition it's noticing the little details and so he notices a little detail and then solves a problem with it and i'm like oh cool that's freaking really cool that that's the way he is 
But then later on in the movie, every time they try to explain in detail what an envoy is, they just ruin the envoys. Yep. Like, apparently what envoys are is a bunch of freaking weird hippies that sit out in a forest and talk about how guns aren't the most deadly thing. It's having a wolf pack. And I'm like, well, that was stupid. And you should have said nothing. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. And so a problem that I had with the world building is that we have all this cool stuff happening on Earth, the whole bodies thing. And like, I thought that whole plot point was very interesting. And it's very similar to Ghost in the Shell, which I'll get to later. But they introduce all the stuff. And then they also introduce that Takashi um, Kovacs is from off world. There's many other planets and there's all this stuff, all these different things happening on each of these different planets. So I felt that that, that was too much that they just put way too much in this small world. So like, Oh, now we have all these planets yeah. and wars happening on planets and we have all these political affiliations with other planets. Why couldn't we just focus on earth? And they never like that never matters no, in the story. They never there bring never it up. needed to be other planets. Kind of like Bright, they introduce something and they never bring it up. They show the off planet. Oh, my home world is this. Oh, you're back on your home world. But they never really have interactions with the other worlds on Earth. And it just looks like Earth. Yeah, it doesn't look any different they're than in a Earth. Forest for it's most not of like the time. they're in a different environment. They're in a forest. Yeah, it, you know what it looks like? It freaking looks like it Canada. looks like Vancouver, guys. You know why we it looks know like where Can- you film. <laughs> Yeah. Have you noticed, do you know that about like sci-fi that like every freaking sci-fi show is a yeah, Vancouver It's all movie? Vancouver. Actually, pretty much every movie, especially if they have forest um, scenery, it is Vancouver. <laughs> so why, we know the forest that's why of Vancouver all alien planets well. look a lot like Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized that I, I used to watch Stargate SG-1 a lot and it's weird how half the actors are Canadian and it seems like they're always in Vancouver. But every time they'd go to an alien planet, I was like, hmm. Um, big pine forest. And then I was watching this show called Dark Matter. Which yes! Is like, you watch Dark Matter? There's, I do, yeah. Yeah, but you know what happens every time they go to an alien planet, Forested, Jordan? heavily forested Vancouver. <laughs> Man, it really seems a lot like Vancouver here. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, crap. Yep. <laughs> I was going to break Vancouver. up Dark Matter later. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, Dark Matter's pretty okay. Dark Matter's pretty okay. Yeah, but it got canceled, so... You know, I wasn't wild about it. I th- I was it was like entirely schmack. I it was it was like a solid. They had some really me. interesting plot points, and they had this really really. In- we can talk about this on Space Odyssey episode, but they had this really interesting like time travel ish episode where they introduced things that are going to happen in the future, and it just got me so pumped. And then I found out the show was canceled. Yeah, I think I've heard rumors of a third season from Netflix. Fourth I season, think because they, they did they have might their do third that season. thing where they. Oh, did they have yeah. a third season? Oh, I'm not oh, caught okay, up there. catch up. It's on oh, Netflix. I need to catch up on that. Is the third season... Oh, okay. Sorry. I just learned of a new thing yeah, I need to watch. watch. It and tell um, me when you get to the time travel-ish episode. Time loop episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, going back to Altered Carbon, I totally agree. Like, everything basically... So there was flashbacks where you find out about what the envoys were and that there are all these different worlds, right? Basically, for me, all of that could have been cut and it just ruined yeah. stuff. Once they explained who he was and why he was there and especially who his sister was and who his girlfriend was, once they explicitly stated that, it just killed all of, like, the mystery and the cool, like, um, mystique or uh, is that the right word for it? You know what I mean? That 
persona of the envoy was just destroyed once I saw it because all the envoys were freaking well, dumb. Well, and really, the weakest episode of that series was the full flashback episode where you learn about his sister, you learn about the envoys, and... Honestly, they could have cut out the Envoy stuff, but the sister yeah. stuff was... Some of it was interesting, but then they just, like, they really messed up, no. that, they messed up that plot line, like, heavily. No, the sister stuff was really weird and bad. Okay, other parts of the world building that I did like, but it's also way too much, is the data space. You can put your mind into data space, and they had the one... The one girl get killed and but she was still existing in the data world so they could still visit and talk to her mind and soul or whatever but her physical body she didn't have a physical body she was locked there because of all the trauma that happened to her so they couldn't put her into a physical body so i really like that part of the world building but it just seemed like another just thing you're jamming into this already too short series yeah i i totally agree I would have been okay with that had they gotten rid of other stuff. Like, to me, that kind of is one of those things that begs the, it, it, it begs a question that they answered, which is, we figured out basically how to put your mind on a flash drive, and then I'm like, what if you boot me up without a body? That's a question, then, that I want to know the answer to. So yeah, I'm glad they answered, they answered it, really it well. and had an answer. They did. I thought it was really fascinating. But it does then mean that it, you, there's a lot here, and not a lot of it's well-developed and it would have been better to focus the narrative more. And actually this is an interesting thing that I didn't even think of as, as a parallel for the other world that I want to talk about, which is Blade Runner. Not only is there a really big parallel between the Blade Runners and the envoys, but there's also the parallel that technically in Blade Runner, um, there's a lot of other colonized planets. Um, There's tons of other planets, right? But they don't matter because the only people that go there are replicants that are disposable yes. humans. And that would have been an actual interesting way to present like the other worlds that the only way to get to another world is literally you just dump yourself into a body in that other world and then you like go on a body vacation and then just yeah. come back. That would have been a way to introduce that concept without having it be too big of a deal and wasting a lot of world building time on it. But yeah, the way they did it, it just felt like it shouldn't have been there at all yeah. and it didn't and matter. And well, we have yet another aspect of the world building that again i think because there was it was in there there was too much is we had all the stuff with the hotel which i loved i thought it was interesting yeah. but the hotel was its own entity so the hotel that he goes to is an ai and they actually mentioned at the beginning that the ai is like they're obsolete now because there's been all this much better stuff with the bodies better horror houses better whatever you don't have to plug your mind into the data space at the hotels anymore but they show this whole complex storyline with the hotel and that like he finally gets business. So he goes to his other hotel AI buddies and brags about it. But they're like, oh, well, actually, you should do this where you can use humans as slaves and cannibalize them and things like that. But like they show this whole separate universe with the hotel and all of his buddies, but they don't do too much with it. Yeah. And yeah, that 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 was one of those things that reminded me a little bit of her where when you make AI good enough that they can have their own thoughts, they're going to start talking to other AIs. And they're going to kill us eventually. Yeah, I liked the scene where a bunch of hotels were sitting around playing yes. poker. That's a cool scene, but you're totally right that they like bring that up and then they don't no, really they do don't very do much with it. they don't do very much. They like have a couple of scenes, but it's not really in that because they're focusing on all these other threads. And that's like one of the biggest problems with sci-fi is that they have cool concepts 
cool images, cool things like that. And, but, and then they just try to shove it into one little thing. And so another thing that I actually really thought was cool, like they show like his mind getting like pretty much corrupted at the beginning. He has all this data running through his head. Like he basically gets a virus on a computer and has ad pop-ups everywhere. At the very beginning, you remember that? The main character, that? Kovacs. Yeah, oh, he was going through the city. Like when he was first going through the city, oh. like trying to find hookers and stuff, he gets yeah. his mind gets corrupted by all the like the ha- he gets hacked and pop up ads happen. And the one girl, the um main character police lady, she like clears his mind for him. So they have cool moments. They have all this cool information, but there's just so much of it that you just get lost in that, and the plot becomes more and more complex. And this goes back to what I was talking about last time with that's the biggest problem with world building is that you can just create so many cool ideas but it kind of sucks when you just don't do anything with them and they're very briefly the movie elysium have you seen that matt damon the one where like yeah so the biggest problem was that is you could tell that the guy who created had so many cool ideas for cool fantasy uh, sorry cool sci-fi futuristic weapons but you see every weapon just once and it never brought in they super overpowered weapons that you never see again there's this gun machine gun that shoots out pulse blast that completely destroys the robot but you never see that again not even in the same fight you don't see that gun again you know what that actually happens in freaking altered carbon where so he has his custom revolver that's like an envoy classic yeah. revolver um but at one point he like goes to an arms dealer and he buys this gun that has like six shots but they only. return and then when you like sh- they shoot you sh- yeah you shoot all six shots then they return back to the gun and i'm like oh that's really cool and i like thought there was going to be the scene where he shoots and misses a guy and then like, the guy comes up and grabs him and he's like you're dead punk you missed me and then he pulls the trigger again and they all like pull through the See, bad but guy that happened once but that instead, wasn't the scene where they showed how to use it <laughs> right but instead he just loses that gun oh yeah they never toss it off it. the side of the ship yeah they throw it off the side of the ship and i'm like why did you introduce this gun have you heard of the shoot yeah it, it's called Chekhov's gun have you heard about Archer. this <laughs> like where it's if if there's a gun in a scene you know it's gonna go off like you know the gun's going to go off and so they actually just like didn't they just didn't do that they're like we're gonna introduce a cool sci-fi gun and then they're just like throw it off a cliff like okay i don't care that he doesn't have a cool sci-fi gun but why even bring it up then but (laughs) you know what i mean it's just that's like the world building parts that i hated about all the carbon because they kept doing that they kept introducing stuff and just tossing it right off the cliff and we never see some of the things again and sci-fi does that a lot yeah it, it really does like especially these cyber it, punk it thrillers. always feels these cyberpunk thrillers do that a lot where they like they'll show you some really cool stuff and then they're like okay we're gonna show you some more really cool stuff now we're gonna tell you some stuff hey remember that cool stuff we showed you before good you don't remember it cool we're gonna show you some more cool stuff but hey jordan hey jordan do you know what, what? doesn't do that this really good movie called Blade Runner. Okay, talk about Blade Runner for a little bit. Then I'm going to get into the parallels of Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell. Okay, yeah, because there's a lot between all three of these. So here was my biggest thing with the difference in world building between Blade Runner and uh, Altered Carbon. Carbon. Uh, there's kind of two, but the really big one that I want to talk about is basically that Blade Runners and Envoys are essentially the same thing, or they should have been. 
when Altered Carbon started out and the main character is an envoy and he's like, oh, you know, I got this intuition and it kind of gives me like an edge in fights and it makes me really dangerous. That is all they should have said. Yes. That way back when there was a rebellion where envoys figured out how to like get intuition magic powers using their stacks and then lost a battle. And that is all that should have ever been said about the envoys. Reason I say that, you look at Blade Runner. Blade Runners are people that can find replicants. And that is all you know about them. And that is all they ever tell you about the Blade Runners. They don't show you Blade Runner school. You don't sit through Blade Runner training. You just know that Harrison Ford is a cool detective. And you know what? He has a cool gun. And you know what? They don't spend a lot of time building up that gun. You know what I mean? It just lives in a world that has setting pieces. And that's what drives me nuts about it, is that a lot of times all a movie has to do or all a show has to do or all a book has to do is nothing, and it will end up so much better because your reader is going to write in better world building than you will do yourself. That's why less is more with a lot of this stuff, is that like... Well, but then sometimes less when they isn't always more because we saw that exact opposite happen with Bright. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, that's true, but... All they had to do in Bright was just not say the Alamo and Trek, and it would have been fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Continue. Like, Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. There was an easy way to solve that. They just kept talking and saying dumb stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like sci-fi definitely has that, that tendency to bloat itself out, when instead it would be better to just show this character of the Envoy and give it a little bit of explanation, and then let your audience decide for themselves what an envoy is yeah would have made a much more fascinating show but anyways i want to hear what you have to say about ghost in the shell i'm curious now because no your topic was great but ghost in the shell and altered carbon are like the same thing the ghost in the shell movie it came out this year and like when i say ghost in the shell i'm not talking about that crappy movie i am talking about the anime and the old 1995 anime movie which were both amazing but the ghost in ghost in the shell and alter carbon the same thing in the ghost in the shell movie that just came out should have been what Car- alter carbon was and that's where it failed and so it's very clearly what it wanted to be yes so ghost in the shell the big thing it's like they don't switch bodies to bodies but we got to the future where we start putting our brains into data and p- putting them into these cyber brains so now we can connect to the internet we can connect to that data space we can like manipulate technologies we can hack things with our brains but then also the human body like has become to a point where we can start augmenting the human body adding things to the human body like there's one character who has bionic eyes and others characters have like special arms or even like most of their body is cybernetic and then you get the one main character who lost her body as a child and they just gave her a completely synthetic body yeah. and so we have this whole cool concept of the cyber brains the data space and all that which are very close parallels to alter carbon and the main characters are section nine which they basically solve cyber crime so they go out on um, one episode a guy he basically hacks a tank and then like runs through a city in order to like really dark kill his parents who rejected him him all his life so they like go in they have to stop the hacking and there's this whole underlying um other thing happening with um a standalone complex which is really complicated and i won't get in right now but 
So, like, we have this cool concept, we have them actually using it, and they use everything in the world. They don't introduce other planets, they don't, like, introduce data space and just get rid of it. Like, they actually do a lot of things with hacking. They go to data space to find more about the main hacker who's kind of involved with this standalone complex. Honestly, I freaking love Ghost in the Shell. It's a great example of great world building. Well, and I think for me, because like I've I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell as much as you have. Like I've watched quite a bit of it, but not to the extent yeah. that you have. But Ghost in the Shell is very long. Yes, because it and so gives it time to like they don't have to shove it all into ten episodes. So they give time to kind of space out and go along the story. So you're not introducing concept after concept after concept. You get to see it gradually. Oh, hey, we see this new concept. We know this guy can now hack people which is a huge deal in the thing. The thing you're talking about, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, is a sequel of Ghost in the Shell. They had movies and several seasons of television shows to satisfyingly develop just the notion of basically there being a mental cyberspace where your brain could go. And then also some like augmentation of the human body. But that kind of, to me, was less important. They also did have, they did touch on like AI a little bit, oh, yeah. kind of like the a, hotels. There's so much in it, but we do have, I guess, in the defense of Alter Carbon, we do have, what, 20, 30, like, yeah, 20 years of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, but my point is that Ghost in the Shell has less stuff to deal with than Altered Carbon does, and it took them 20 years to develop it yes. well. Even that much stuff. And that's where I totally agree that the the issue of Altered Carbon from a world-building standpoint, or at least one of them, I have another one, but from like a just sci-fi world-building standpoint is it just feels like they tried to cram too much in and it should have been streamlined a little bit just to get rid of some of those extraneous things. Now, I do have another topic and this kind of goes to the genre of like um, cyber noir or cyberpunk genre. Really quick. Sorry, go ahead. Like, what are you going to go into? Because I wanted to just mention a couple other Ghost in the Shell things before we go too far. Uh, just just go into your Ghost in the Shell okay. thing. Okay, so just really quick with Ghost in the Shell. And so we ha- I told you all the world building with Ghost in the Shell, and we do it really interesting. There's AIs, there's all this stuff. There's this whole thing where, like, the AIs start gaining their own consciousness, kind of like in her, and they basically do ascend to... A different plane of existence but we have all of that and the cool thing the cybernetics and all of that but then the ghost of the shell film just flops so hard because they got rid of all of that cool world building and they just focus on the major the main character scarlett johansson's character being partially well being a brain into completely cybernetic body it's like well am i human what really am i and there's a whole scene where she just meets with a prostitute just to touch the prostitute's face that's the only point of that scene and so they got rid of the augmented reality spoilers they got rid of most of the um data space stuff they like there's one character in section nine who he doesn't do any he doesn't have a cyber brain and he doesn't do any like extra um augmentations to his body he's just yeah the human. dude with the mullet hmm? yeah mu- yeah togasa mullet said, boy the dude with the mullet yeah togasa he's great and like then that's really interesting because it's like oh you want to fight cyber crimes, but you don't really protect yourself with these cybernetic like stronger bodies you go on as a regular human being and so that brings in interesting things but they didn't do any of that in the movie they just focused on scarlett johansson being 
a robot. And that's what kind of killed the whole story for me. And that's what made me so mad at that movie. But one thing that I noticed a lot in sci-fi in um, Blade Runner, in Ghost in the Shell, and Altered Carbon, that a lot of the future is like finding ways to better the human body. Like, so Altered Carbon has completely like moved on to, oh, you can just put your brain can go onto this chip and now you can be in anybody you want. You There's no need for the human body. Ghost in the Shell has it so you're making better bodies in like, so you can betterment of the body. And really the only thing that matters is your cyber brain. Just don't get shot on the head. It makes sense though that sci-fi goes to the, oh, hey, let's do different things with our bodies. Let's better ourselves because the human body is freaking fragile. You can die at the drop of a dime. And so it makes sense that that's where sci-fi goes a lot of the times is to making a better human existence. So anyways, I went off on that huge tangent. What do you got? Okay, so here's my last thing with world building with um, Blade Runner and Altered Carbon. Yeah. From a world building standpoint, part of the theme of both of those is kind of a devaluing of the human body yes. to the point of it becoming an object. So in Blade Runner, it's because we've figured out how to make artificial humans that aren't robots. They are humans, but they're fabricated humans. So they just become objects. And there are basically sex replicants that are just there to be prostitutes. Yeah, but there's also like military grade ones that are there for combat and like these workers that are meant to work in really extreme circumstances. Similarly, in Altered Carbon, like prostitution is a huge part of that show. Yes. Um, and it showed very explicitly. Yes. And here was the thing that I was kind of thinking about, because at first I was very much defending Altered Carbon for it having like a lot of explicit nudity, because I think it was meant to show that when the human body becomes a commodity that you can buy and sell, it absolutely objectifies everybody. Yes. Like everyone is just an object, whether it's sexual or for function, you're just an object. Your body no longer has any value. And that's where like the religious argument comes from. But here was the thing that I kind of thought about with Blade Runner is that Blade Runner did the same thing where it had nudity. It didn't have as much. And when it was there, it made you feel uncomfortable because of it. And what I mean by that is in Altered Carbon... The reason I'm kind of going back on my original thing of being like the nudity Which was justified. Which is interesting because you like is, heavily defended that last week. I really did. And I'm still like I haven't fully made up my mind yet. But it never nudity in that show very rarely made me feel uncomfortable. I think it was there to try to be like kind of sexy to get people to watch the yeah. show. You know, like, look, we have boobs. Now you'll watch. Like the I show. said, it's a gimmick. Yeah, whereas, man, the times that there was nudity in Blade Runner, it didn't make you feel good. It made you feel really uncomfortable, and it made the world feel, like, gross and brutal, and I think that that could be maybe a critique of Altered Carbon is that it didn't it didn't make you feel uncomfortable enough in the world for it to be really good cyberpunk. It was... Like, I kind of wish the world had been a little bit more miserable, and that you had spent a little bit more time with characters that were profoundly unhappy and broken because of this world. And I don't think you got enough well, of that. And I mean, like, one thing they did do, because the body is, um, you know, expendable, everybody's an object, there is that whole sector of rich people who they just straight up beat and kill prostitutes because there is no repercussion because the body's just going to be resurrected the next day. Yeah. 
you hit I mean, that, that side of it where it's like, oh, now we can be more violent towards women because it doesn't matter. Right. And I'm, I like, I think it's, I don't want to say good because that no, kind of makes me sound like a, don't a, say a good. sicko, but I think, I think that it is a important part of the show and it's an important part of like the fiction to have that. I just think that there was also a lot of nudity that wasn't that. And was just oh yeah no they just had a lot of like quote unquote sexy nudity and that whole I honestly hated that whole scene where the sister is trying to kill the cop just completely naked and just getting killed left and right it's like hey look my boobs again yep yeah I I don't know it it did not feel like it had the self awareness of Blade Runner where it the the scene that I remember is like he basically goes and kills a prostitute. Um, who's a replicant and he kills her because her she's past her expiration she's not supposed to be alive anymore and she runs off so they have to go and kill her that's what the blade runners do and that part where you see her get killed like after she's just done her strip show it looks like killing like a lost animal that doesn't understand what's happening it's brutal and miserable and then like it's not like an epic heroic thing where like harrison ford kills this bad guy it's there's this creature whose life is to take off her clothes for the entertainment of people that realizes she's about to die, takes off running, and then gets shot in the back. Well, that was the one time there was nudity in this, and I'm very uncomfortable with watching this person, like, thrash around as they die, yeah. you know? And it's, that's how heavy it got with that. And, like, that was the time it decided to include nudity, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, th- that's kind of where I, I give Blade Runner a little bit more props for... It didn't feel like nudity was there to be appealing. It felt like it was there to really drive home the tragedy and horrible circumstances that the yeah. world is in. And that's why I keep saying that the a lot of the nudity, not all of it, but a lot of the nudity in Alter Karma is just a gimmick. It's just there to be sexy. It was just there. It's like, oh, hey, look, we have boobs. We're like Game of Thrones. We can show sex, too. And it just seemed especially with lady yeah Cop. and it, it just seemed like a gimmick it didn't seem like it a lot of some of the prostitutes that they show yeah this nudity made sense because you know you're a prostitute you want to show your goods before you get paid whatever i'm saying things that are probably right. and there was like, awful but with some of the well and there was an indifference to yeah. it that i kind of liked where like you saw prostitutes walking around naked that just didn't yeah. care about it anymore and i'm like i kind of get that where it, be, it becomes like desensitized because these are like murder prostitutes that what they're actually prostituting is letting men kill yeah, them which okay that's screwed up. like that that's whole thing so like so really up. like being nudes not the Right. Well, but I guess my point there is like being nude at that point is really not no. a very big deal. You know well, what I mean? Show, like, it's and like if, they, the, if that was the only nudity they show, and maybe like one or two sex scenes, sure. But they kept showing other like forms of nudity. We get the um, the wife of the rich guy who hires Kovacs. We get her like we get her being naked in the sex scene with her. Actually, we get all the main character chicks except for the lawyer having sex yeah. with the main character, and like we get to see all of them naked at one point. And being in sexy sex scenes. Yeah, and, like, the fact that she excretes, like, sex pheromones from her tongue. Why? (laughs) Just, like, okay. And that's the thing. It just, that just uses sex as a gimmick. And it's just, like, it's something to draw people in. It's like, ooh, that's hot. I'll watch that scene. It's just very gimmicky. And I didn't think it was necessary. I think it kind of took, well, at times, 
took away from the plot. I felt like there was so much more they could have been doing with the plot, like, you know, showing data space in the um, hotels rather than, hey, yeah, this weird, crazy wife is going to um, try to have sex with the main character. We could have cut that out and, like, still had an interesting part of the story. Maybe it makes sense for this main character to, like, have casual sex with just anyone that walks up and offers it, but I'm like, he was a freedom fighter that fell in love with a revolutionary and then at the drop of the hat just like has sex with the first sex tongue lady that like well, looks at definitely, him like the pheromones and then has sex with everybody I else. thought of that more of as, as a date rape because the pheromones kind of like pushed him into it so yeah. I thought that was more of a date rape yeah, thing and that of. whole thing made me a little uncomfortable we still again see he didn't seem that, like, not into it. It wasn't he passed out. He seemed like he was pretty into it, but I guess that's what the pheromone yeah, stuff does. A... But it then that doesn't ever get addressed, that she has, like, a date rape tongue. That's not, like, an issue that no, they handle. the only then. thing they do with that is it really the just feels getting like they... mad and trying to kill him, even though he's been cheating on the wife well, every night, killing prostitutes. It just, that part of the story just is very, uh... And that's where, like, I think that the, again, like, it starts to fall apart from, like, a world-building standpoint, is that I think that they wanted that character to be, that character of Kovacs to be, or Kovacs? Kovacs. 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 I think they wanted him to be, like, reminiscent of, like, the kind of womanizing um, detective, yeah. you know what I mean? And that was actually in, that. That's that's what Blade Runner was. Harrison Ford was kind of a womanizer and not a great guy. Um and I think they kind of wanted Kovacs to be that, but he wasn't. That wasn't his character at all. He was never shown in his, in like the flashbacks, he was never disrespectful to women and he was never like no. a womanizer. So then it fast forwards to him getting unthawed and now he's like a womanizer that wants to go and stay in a yeah, brothel. It- Why are you all of a sudden now like this weird... I, I'm like a broken guy that just wants to have sex with hookers and drink all the time. And I'm like, man, as soon as we flash back where we leave off with this character, you're willing to like die for a cause to free people from injustice. And then you fail at that once and you're like, okay, now I just want to drink and have sex with everything. Yeah. It, I mean, that's more character building, but yeah, it just, it kind of, it kind of takes away from it. It really does. Ghost in the Shell doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, right? Neither does Blade Runner. Like, Harrison Ford's just a bad person. Yeah, and the um, major in Ghost in the Shell is being seen as really strict, but also can, like, relax sometimes. Like, it's shown that she goes on dates and stuff, but it's never like, oh, hey, I'm a womanizer, which is completely out of my personality that's been shown in this. <laughs> yeah, no, she... The, the major actually has a very fun and consistent yes. character. I really like that the is, major. We could have She's a character building cool. podcast, but no, that is a very great character in a very good world. And I mean, like I said, too, Alter Carbon's defense, Ghost in the Shell has been around since 1995. So it has yeah. had time to and create I mean, a I also good get... world. People who have seen it, like, they know of the world, so, like, it didn't have to do too much world building. Standalone complex total, both series is 52 episodes total so yeah and i mean yeah to be fair like altered carbon had a lot of work to do and also now partially because of the game of thronesing of things you kind of have to have 
a lot of nudity in a show kind of to sell it because it's like almost expected at this point. But it shouldn't um, be. You can have a I think good can be story. Good in- We've shown for years that you can have a good story without sex. Well, and, and that's where I don't. It's actually something I don't like about Brandon Sanderson's writing is that it feels like weirdly neutered and genderless at some point when it's like no one's having sex ever. Yeah, I guess there's like... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like an impossible line to draw, like past which it's like exploitation and stupid and before which it's reality and writing rounded characters that sexuality is a part of. And I'm not of, saying like take it out yeah, of a show or movie completely. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you don't have to base your whole premise around it. Yeah, and I, I think that's true. I think Altered Carbon just like maybe thought it was being more clever than it was with how it was portrayed because like i read some stuff from like the writers of the show that were like well you know like yeah because everyone's you know because everyone has just become like this object of course there would be a lot of nudity and i'm like yeah but i don't know if you were actually as clever about it as you think you were i think maybe this was a lot less nuanced than what you wanted it to be in your heads and at some point, it felt a little... You, you know, like, you watch anime, right? Gosh. Every time you say it, it feels like you're judging me. You watch anime, you nerd. I mean, look, I watch a lot of anime, but I, I know what fan service is, and I know when it shows up, and I just go, oh, dang it, it's the fan service episode. Oh, yeah, no. Alter Carbon had a lot of fan service. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what it is, actually. You know what? Like, I really can't harsh them too hard. I can't really harsh on this too hard because it is absolutely something that anime does where it just has like, all right, here's the fan service part. Actually, when you put it in those terms, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) It doesn't help that I'm watching Sword Art Online again right now. And, you know, we can talk. We need to talk about that world building because that's an anime that made me so mad. Did you not like it? He wins based on the power of love. Bullcrap! Yeah, love sucks. He got stabbed in the chest. He should have died like everybody else who has been stabbed in the chest. But he kills the main bad guy because, no, the power of love is stronger. Takes the sword out of him and walks closer, slowly, mind you, towards the bad guy and defeats him. What the hell? What is that? You know, I I didn't even consider it to be the power of love. I considered it to be the power. It was because he was thinking of the girl the whole time that happened. Don't. I I thought it was like the power of extreme ego where he is like, I am the conqueror of this world. I will destroy it. And then, you know, like doesn't die because of it. It's just, I just, that sword art all lie. Just it, that made me so mad. We could talk about like, we need to talk about world building and anime. When we do our anime episode, the episode after that could be that, but just, you got me just so fired up for sword art all lie. Cause I'm so mad at that. Such a great premise, yeah. such a great world, but they just bungled it. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean... And it's also just that like, like, sign. I, That's all it is. I I saw Sword Art. I, I haven't seen that yet. Well, so they I, stole Sword from Art it. Online does not seem derivative. So here, here was the thing that kind of happened to me with it, where it's like... I don't mind the idea of him... <laughs> The way I put it to one of my friends today was that he just Jesus Christ his way out of the... You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, 
he just he just Jesus Christ himself and I'm like I don't mind that it's like a really big trope right to have this character be resurrected or not die or what you know it happens all oh, the geez. time we need to also things. have a world building tropes episode jeez right right and one of them is going to be for western stories and then for um stories in Japan that borrow from the west it's it's a lot of characters Jesus Christ himself yeah. a good example of this Gandalf like you know like and and i'm not i'm not like i'm saying it funnily to be to like joke about it but it's 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 like a really big trope right like asland is like kind of a christ allegory gandalf kind of has like christly things about him christianity is really big in the west and it influences a lot of fiction yeah so i understand that in sword art online that you have this moment of him becoming like a christly figure but it's just it's so poorly developed. Like, they could have given it any explanation at all besides none, and I would have been satisfied. But just somehow he doesn't die. Yeah, he's just stabbed like, in the chest. that's not a good... Things slow down and stop, and he pulls it out of his chest because he's thinking of the girl. He pulls... That's why I say power of love because he's thinking of the girl the whole time. Pulls it out of his chest, slowly walks towards where the bad guy could have just hacked him in half. You know what really kills me about it, though, is they had the opportunity to absolutely give him a reason to be able to not die. Yeah. He finds he finds a subprogram that he adopts and becomes his Which child is also very that weird. has administrative privileges in the game. And it could have been very easily that she cheated the game for him so he could have won or like she gave him an item that was like a second life. She reprogrammed the the main guy's sword so it couldn't kill him or like anything. Yeah. And but nothing. Just, like, it could have even been that right as he was dying, you, like, hear the voice in in his head that goes, like, I reprogrammed your Netgear. Now you get to try again. And then he, like, hey, stabs listen. him in the back hey, or something. Hey, listen. Yeah, but instead it's like, dude, you guys had an out for this. You didn't write yourselves into a corner, but for some reason they couldn't see, they couldn't find a solution in their own world that they built for their own problem. And that I find very frustrating. Okay, so really quick, since we're running out of a little bit of time, can you go over some of the sci-fi properties that you brought to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, really, the biggest one that I want to give like a huge honorable mention to is The Expanse. Um, the first book is Leviathan Wakes, or it is a TV show. Both of them, excellent world building, um, really good realistic sci-fi. I'm actually, my, um, my father-in-law works for NASA, and loves the show and apparently um or like engineers and scientists from his alma mater work with the show to ensure that like the science in the show is actually pretty accurate so that's pretty cool but um so that brings me to your whole the expanse how it's like decently realistic like realistic sci-fi one thing i really loved was the martian yeah yeah that was the martian was really good if you want to go realistic ways um we also hmm did you read the book? No, I never read the book. I just watched the movie. Oh, dude, the book's better. You should really read it. I heard it. the book. Like, my coworker tells me constantly how the book is so much better. It, it really is. Another honorable mention would be Dark Matter, the TV show. I don't read too many sci-fi books, so I probably... I can't help you out with the sci-fi books. Um, I read a decent amount of sci-fi, actually, I read mostly horror lately. and fantasy. 
I, I've been getting more into sci-fi novels. Oh, man, dude, I, I got to say the whole Ender series. So Oh, yeah, I have read Ender's Game, haven't read the rest of it, but Ender's is really The rest good. of them are excellent. Like Speaker for the Dead, Xenocide, Children of the Mind, all worth it, all good world building. Oh, okay. I'll have to check them out. Um, honorable mention of, well, Ghost in the Shell, but also by the same studio who made it is um, Psychopaths. So what that one is, it's anime. Oh, my gosh, that's the same studio? Yeah. Dude, Psychopaths is great. So what that is in the um, distant future, basically everybody has a psychopath, which is basically your mental stability. And the people who have like a clear kind of a clear psychopath, they are allowed to have what basically whatever job they want. But then criminals like drops down into a criminal psychopath, which is a cloudy one. And you pretty much are thrown in jail. Like so eat like you don't have to commit a crime to be a criminal. You just have to have like a darker like mentality. So there are people who are thrown into jail or like basically rehabilitation camps just for being um, just a little mentally unstable. Like depression can get you thrown into rehabilitation. Like they have these robots and things pop up. It's like, hey, your psychopath is getting cloudy. Why don't you watch something happy type thing? So the um, psychopath follows like a police corps where criminals or enforcers. No, not enforcers. I don't remember what they're called. But criminals work along with like the police in order to solve like these special crimes so basically it's like law and order mixed with a really awesome sci-fi story well and it also does the cool thing where that group of criminals that works with the police generally are ex-cops whose mental state was ruined by the job and now has become like this elite team of murder cops (laughs) because that's because they've like kind of all gone crazy so if you're into anime, I would check it out because it's really good. It's, it gets dark, but the two seasons that are out there are really, really good. There's a second season? Yeah, it's called Psychopaths 2. <sighs> Find it. It's really good. I want to watch Psychopaths 2. It's it's really freaking good. So yeah, that's another honorable mention. I mentioned, you guys, if you want bad, you can watch the Ghost in the Shell movie. If you want good, you can watch the Ghost in the Shell anime. Okay, bad sci-fi for me. The book Red Rising was garbage, and I'm mad at it. I'm mad at that book. Also, good sci-fi, Serenity and Firefly are really good shows and movies. Yeah, those are pretty. Those, those are pretty fun. It's pretty fun shows. I liked them a lot. Cowboy Bebop. Oh, see, but that's more of we can get to that in space time. But any anything else? Cyberpunk? Anything? Ooh, that's a good question that I haven't thought about. Hmm. Nothing's jumping out at me right now. I'm sure there's good cyberpunk out there that I'm just not thinking okay. of. Okay. Well, when we when this episode gets posted, we'll like leave a bunch of things to check out in the link. So, I'll I'll make sure I post all those. But yeah, so that's our sci-fi. Well, this is part 2 of the sci-fi and fantasy episode. First part was fantasy, which we had a lot of fun destroying Bright and then also talking about some other fantasy worlds. And sci-fi, I actually had a lot of fun talking about sci-fi, so. I did too. Um, Alright, well, I, I mean, there's I think so many more places we can go with both topics, but we can probably talk more when we build those sci-fi and fantasy worlds, so. Yep, we'll, we'll, we'll have fun. So <laughs> next week is... The, we're going to be back to world building, and that will be the world where we are not the top of the um, food chain. So I have a couple of really convoluted, really jam-packed ideas, but I think I'm going to try to simplify it a little bit. And 
It'll be fun. All right. I'm excited. All right. And also very Join tired. Right yikes, so I think it's time for the podcast to end. Okay. You can check Cody out on Wandering Gamer Neck. Wandering Gamer Network, and you can check me out on something, I guess, zero zero on Twitch. So, Sweet. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.